Peter Rukavina is a web developer in Charlottetown with a keen interest in politics, and that interest has seen him time his work travels to the U.S. this past year to coincide with important events in the lead-up to the U.S. election. Well, today, of course, is voting day, and Peter is in the small community of Dublin, New Hampshire, working with his client, Yankee Publishing, and that's where we reached him a short time ago. Hi again, Peter. Hi, Matt. Our man on the ground during this election campaign. It's unbelievable. Yeah, it's unbelievable to me, too. <laughs> well, it's been almost a full year we've been checking in with you, and you, by choice and by chance, and I guess by planning, have, have decided to uh, you know take in a lot of things around this election campaign. This is going back to, was it last January we first started? Yeah, that's right. I, I have, uh, by lucky happenstance, uh, one of my clients is based here in Dublin, New Hampshire, and uh, we spoke first, I guess, about this process back uh, when New Hampshire was the center of the electoral universe in January right. during the New Hampshire uh, primary. And uh, I've been lucky enough to be able to schedule my uh, my work visits down to this client uh, over uh, major developments, I guess, in the electoral process. So I've gotten a good bird's eye view of, of uh, the whole process from, from primary to today, Election Day. And in the middle of all this, you were at the actual Democratic Convention. Yeah, I, I was there as a as a weblogger, so I sort of got to see the. I guess that was the last major big development on the on the Democratic Party side before the the campaign got going in full swing. Now, being there during all of these major events, Peter, how does it feel today on election day for you? Uh, it's 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 sort of odd that it's all coming to an end. Um, I'm not quite sure I've been able to process it all. Uh, I think you know, growing up in in Canada, we sort of assume that elections are elections are elections, and you know, they work the way that we think they work. But almost everything is different here except the fact that it's democracy. Uh, from the from the primary process to the, the campaigning process, you know, which just it goes on for so much longer than ours and involves so much uh, more money and time and, and effort and television and newspaper. And it's just it's crazy on that level. Uh, up until today, you know, where, where Americans have this very odd way of, uh, of electing a president, this sort of indirect method where uh, the winner is not the result of the popular vote, it's, it's the winner of the what they call the electoral college vote. So certainly it's, it's, it's been weird to sort of be interested and focused on the process from, from beginning to, I guess, almost the end. Uh, who knows when it's really going to end, I suppose. That's true. What's happening today in Dublin, New Hampshire? Well, I'm uh, here in Yankee Publishing, which is the, the, the major and, and probably only employer in Dublin. Dublin's a little uh, a little town here on the side of a big hill, and uh, it's actually uh, the D Dublin is the tallest town in New Hampshire. That's its, it's claim to fame otherwise. <laughs> but across the uh, the highway from us is Dublin Town Hall, and around the back of Dublin Town Hall is the polling place for people in this community. So since 8 o'clock this morning, uh, cars have been pulling into the driveway there, and people have been going in, and uh, uh you're probably familiar, of, of course, with the, the process we go through to vote. Well, we'll hear the people who check you in at the door are called the keepers of the checklist. And apparently uh, you, you check in with the keepers of the checklist when you're going in the door, you go in and vote, and then on the way out you actually have to check out with the keepers of the checklist. The keepers of the checklist. Uh, that's like J.R.R. Tolkien or something. <laughs> the, the keepers of the checklist. Now I'm going to go over in a couple of hours to see the keepers of the checklist myself just to, to see <laughs> how much resemblance there actually is, I guess. <laughs> and I know you've been driving around a bit today in, in surrounding areas as well. And What have you seen? I'm staying just down the highway in, in the uh, somewhat bigger town of Peterborough, New Hampshire, and uh, I just happened to be driving by City Hall at about 8.15 this morning, and the polls had opened at 8, and uh, I tell you, it was it was uh, hard to make my way along the main street of town. Uh, it was it was pretty choked full of, of cars, and the major intersections there had uh, state police uh, vehicles there sort of trying to manage the traffic. 
uh, I guess people trying to get into vote before they went into work. So, uh, you know, it's hard to make uh, blanket generalizations based on two uh, polling places, but uh, things seem busy here, I guess. Well, that's it. I mean, that's what we're hearing from reports is that uh, voter turnout is expected to be higher in past years. What are you hearing from from people that you work with down there, from people you've met? What what are people saying about this year, this election? Well, New Hampshire is an interesting place to be. It was it was interesting to be here for the primary, but it, it's also one of the, uh, the sort of junior, uh, what they call battleground states. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one really knows which way it's going to go. It, it went for Clinton, but uh, it also went for Bush last time around. So uh, it only has four of the Electoral College votes, keeping in mind that you need 270 to win. So it's not uh, significant in terms of you know the, the numbers. You know, other other states, uh, Florida has 27, I think it is, but but those four uh, you know could be the last four, so to speak. So uh, there's a lot of uh, eyes on on uh, New Hampshire here this morning. It's an interesting state because the the sort of southern area where I am tends to be Democratic, uh, and then the interior and the, the northern areas tend to be Republican. So. Uh, I'm sort of in what you might uh, call a democratic stronghold. I've been hard-pressed to find Bush supporters down here, I guess. <laughs> uh, although I was eating breakfast this morning and just happened to sit beside a, a group of four people, two of whom were uh, quite uh, strongly uh, held uh, Republicans and the other two were, were Democrats. So I did get to overhear a little bit of their conversation, and uh, and it didn't seem as though they were going to resolve their differences this morning. So. <laughs> well, this has been a, an extremely contentious campaign, and I know you felt a little bit of this yourself in the past week or so when it was made public how you voted, because you, you already voted back here. Yeah, that's right. I'm, I'm uh, just, again, by, by quirk of fate, I'm eligible to vote in New York State. I was born in Rochester, New York, so by virtue of that fact, even though I only lived there for the first four months of my life, I'm, a, I'm an eligible voter, so I can vote by mail-in ballot. So uh, I did that, and then there was a Guardian interview with me uh, last week that resulted in a story on Saturday, uh, and I, I guess I outed myself as a carry, carry supporter, although I... I'd certainly made uh, statements to that effect on my, my weblog previously. But uh, interestingly enough, as a result of that, uh, I got four or five phone calls at home over the weekend from uh, people who uh, had, had very strong opinions about the fact that I was a Kerry supporter, I guess. Really? And almost universally negative ones. So, <laughs> so what were they saying? That you, you just, uh, you're voting for the wrong guy? Well, uh, the, the interesting thing is they didn't talk to me directly. They talked to my partner, Catherine. So I, I didn't get the full brunt of their uh, opinion. But uh, according to Catherine, they're... I guess there was some concern that, uh, yeah, I was supporting the wrong guy, and then maybe some concern as well that uh, who was I to be, uh, you know, an American living in Canada sort of feeling, too. Interesting. It's it's a strongly felt election on both sides of the border, I guess. So what are your thoughts on this election, Peter? I know you've been following it very closely. Like we said, you were there at the convention. You've been down there for all these uh, checkpoints, keepers of the checkpoints, throughout the, uh, the past year. What are your thoughts? How do you think things are going to turn out? You know, I, I I would have absolutely no idea at this point. I, I, I'd go 50-50 either way. <laughs> I think one way or the other it's going to be contentious, and we might not see the end of this for a while. But uh, I think, you know, the one thing I probably take away from this whole process is that America is a great compromise. Uh, you know, you don't necessarily end up with the, the best candidate by every measure coming out of the primary process. Uh, you don't get the best candidate necessarily being president, but what you get is a candidate that everyone will agree to say is president at least for four years. And that involves a lot of compromises on on the behalf of a lot of people. So I think we're going to see another one of those one way or the other tonight. I know a lot of folks are going to be glued to the uh, the TV set, the radios tonight to hear the results. I'm sure you will be down there in New Hampshire. Yeah, I'm going to be uh, actually going to the the house a couple of my uh, old Farmers Almanac uh, colleagues, and we'll be glued to the TV and sharing a meal and, and just seeing what happens. They've invited me to stay tonight if uh, if it comes to that. <laughs> well, Peter Rukavina, it's it's great to check in with you again. Thanks for doing this. Okay, thanks, Matt. 
And to read Peter's musings on the U.S. election, you can turn to his web blog, which is online at rook.ca. That's R-U-K dot C-A.